0: Uh, so, Kevin, what did we watch this evening?
1: We watched Nancy Drew in the Hidden Staircase. There, this was filmed a couple of times. The one we watched this evening was the 1939 version with Benita Granville, Frankie Thomas, and somebody else.
0: John Little.
1: John Little. Is that how you pronounce that? Is it Lytell?
0: John Little. John Lytell.
1: It's not spelled. It's, it's not spelled the way I usually spell the word "little."
0: It's of little importance to me, <laughs> frankly. So this is the only uh, Nancy Drew movie in what I call the ellipses series, where it's always Nancy Drew dot 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 noun um, to actually at, take a title from the the book series. The Hidden Staircase is the second. Book in the Nancy Drew series, classic.
1: Was this a particularly faithful adaptation in the mind of uh, Drew purist Anya Kane?
0: I believe I saw, I mean, my, in my research into this film, my extensive research, aka looking at Wikipedia, I think I saw that one reviewer said that both both the picture and the book have the word staircase in it. And that's pretty much the only similarity. Um, I mean, I'd say there are a few similarities. Both revolve around shady land deals involving elderly women and a a hidden, you know, passageway, staircase, whatever you want to call it, uh, being an integral part of solving the mystery. So there are some similarities, but there's there's mostly differences. It's pretty much a totally different story.
1: So which did you think was superior, the original story or the story that we're about to see unfolded before us?
0: The book is eons better than this I would say it's probably one of the best Nancy Drew books it's it's got great atmosphere it's got a great mystery you know everybody wants to find a hidden staircase and explore it and have you know wacky stuff happening involving a railroad land deal gone wrong you know but this 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 has um this this movie feels more like a trip down the stairs (laughs) in comparison
1: So the movie opens with a carload of reporters uh, rushing up to the Drew house. And so I assume you wouldn't send more than one reporter from a particular outlet to interview the same person. So does this mean that River Heights has many, many newspapers?
0: Maybe Maybe they're a suburb of a major city.
1: I guess this is a huge story.
0: Yeah, it is. In fairness,
1: so the story is Nancy Drew knows some old ladies who might donate some property. Get that story.
0: Honestly, if I had that story, that would be a dream. That would make that would make my career. You have no idea what that would do for me. So,
1: I, I admit uh, I've read everything you've written for Business Insider and in The Flat Hat, and never once did i see you write even a word about a child who knew rich people
0: no i really i i don't know what i've been doing in my career so far frankly
1: the cane corpus is is sorely lacking in that department
0: <laughs> yeah so people are people are rushing in i mean this is kind of a river heights media media insider story at this point because i mean you you complained bitterly about how in the past in past movies where like a doctor will get mugged on the sidewalk. And that's front page news. That's the story above the fold. The
1: people in this town are obsessed with this doctor. And that's why they're interested in this story as well, because these old ladies are thinking about giving their property to this doctor so he can use it to build a hospital.
0: Do we know that it's the same doctor?
1: Doctor Spires. Isn't the name of the doctor? Got beaten up in the previous picture.
0: Holy shit! I didn't even make that connection. There's a whole Drew universe here. Yeah, the Drew they're...
1: the Drew universe.
0: The Drew universe. It's pretty great.
1: Is it? Yes. Is it?
0: Also, like he seems to be like some sort of family doctor, so I don't know where he's getting the money all of a sudden, unless donations rushed in after his uh, his beating. Uh, you know, to, to allow him to open an entire hospital. That's a- so,
1: so at this point, is there no hospital in River Heights? Are, are people just getting, getting sick and dropping dead?
0: It's the 1930s, Kevin. Yes.
1: <laughs> so th- this squadron of reporters. My brethren. Go to the house. Uh, knock on the door waiting to see Nancy Drew. The door is answered by the Drew's maid. A much older woman than Nancy, and their reporters, your brethren, mm. assume that this middle-aged woman is actually a high school student.
0: Yeah, <laughs> rocket scientists they ain't, and also they're rude and sexist to her. But anyway, they're all peppering her with questions. Nancy, well, you know, how, how, give us the scoop. What are these old ladies going to do? What's going to happen to the house? Da, 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 da. And she's all like freaked out by it, and then she, you know, gets her picture taken.
1: And then Carson Drew appears. Mm. And he finds the whole thing amusing. He <laughs> says, you, you think this is my daughter? This? You think I'm old enough to be the father of this? This
0: old bat.
1: This old weathered, broken down woman.
0: And then they all push Effie on the ground and spin on her. The reporters and Carson Drew. It's, it's a dark opening to what amounts to be probably the darkest film in this series in some respects.
1: In many respects. This yeah. is a disturbing film.
0: Yeah. Nancy Drew in the in the hidden red flags. <laughs> this is um this is a doozy, folks. Um, so after breaking Effie's spirit, after all the males, you know, laugh about how old and, and ugly she is, uh, the the woman of the hour, Nancy Drew herself, comes bounding down the stairs, full of energy. Um, and they're they're asking her questions, and she just totally doesn't seem at all plussed that they're. You know, there's a bunch of reporters in her... It's like a Tuesday. Yeah, it's like... yeah.
1: And we get a little bit of the awkward exposition. There's these two old ladies who have this property that they're planning to donate to Doc Spires so he can build a hospital. But wait, there's a catch. According to the terms of the will that gave them this property, they could only have rights to it if one or both of them spent every night in this home for a period of 20 years and this 20-year period is about to end so that's why they're going to give it to somebody else and when the reporter said well that's kind of crazy isn't it that doesn't make any sense mm. that's ridiculous that's absurd and carson drew says oh yeah sure it is but what are you going to do and then we move on
0: <laughs> i have a question kevin because you're an attorney we've talked about you know how i relate to this gaggle of mean reporters does that does that kind of shit ever happen like a uh... Haunting at Hill House, like kind of like what, you know stay the night in this spooky mansion, or you don't get to inherit anything. Does that ever happen? Is that even allowed in real life? Uh,
1: you can put whatever you want in a will,
0: and will it hold up? Uh, maybe. <laughs> what well, what's maybe is it is it whether the judge judge is whimsical or not?
1: <laughs> you have the right to do what you with your property, whatever you wish. So there can be some pretty strange things in wills,
0: and. It Like, would they, if they didn't spend a night in the house because, like, they got sick or something, would they just forfeit the house then?
1: Apparently, according to this crazy will. Ugh, oh, God. So let me ask you, why do you suppose the previous owner of the house would put such a provision in his will?
0: Maybe these women were, like, were young professionals and it was their disapproving father. And he wanted them to be tied to the property so they couldn't go on and, and live their dreams elsewhere.
1: That's kind of a dark.
0: Well, this is a this movie put me in a dark place, Kevin.
1: <laughs> you seem well, a little bit irritable and out of sorts.
0: You know what? Watching watching my childhood hero make uh, make horrible decisions and do horrible things to people doesn't put you in a great mood. How would you feel if you just saw, you know, Superman pushing around homeless people or like throwing kittens off a building?
1: Had he has he been affected by red kryptonite? <laughs> No. Because if it was affected by red kryptonite, that's fine.
0: See, Nancy has no red kryptonite in her in her stories, you know, but, the, like, there's a certain way the character acts, and it's like a baseline, you know, that she's on the side of the angels. She can get a little crazy. She can get a little bit too into the mystery, maybe lose sight of the safety of herself and others around her. But she always should be honest or, or, or pursuing truth. And this movie sort of crapped all over that. So pretty sad. but uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> You're accusing me of being irritable and out of sorts?
1: We were talking about the will.
0: Oh yeah, the will. God, stupid. Well um, and what, what what would be a nice version? I pos- I posited the bad version of the will. What would be a nice reason for an eccentric old person to do this to somebody?
1: uh these are people uh the sisters were orphans who lost their parents and never had an emotional connection to anything in the world so this old person felt like well maybe if i can tie them to this property for about 20 years they'll develop an emotional connection to it and the town
0: okay i like that i like that
1: So if, if I said to you Anya, I'll, I'll give you some shitty old house in a town out in the middle of nowhere, that the most prominent citizen is a crazy teenager,
0: and a and a doctor who who's just mis- has all sorts of misfortune befall him.
1: But you got to live there every day of your life for twenty years. Would you take that deal?
0: I mean, I like vacations. I like seeing seeing things traveling. I, I don't I don't know if I would. Now, the thing is, there's two sisters, so I could see it being a situation where maybe you're, like, switching back and forth, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'll take it for a month, you take it for a month, we'll we'll still have rich, interesting lives, um, and we'll get this huge property. I, I
1: guess the sisters could still pursue whatever careers they wanted to pursue with uh, Zoom.
0: Right, right, 1930 Zoom. <laughs> it would have some dumb name back then, like, Rudy Tootie Zoom, or, like, some Zoom suits. <laughs> I don't know. The dog is literally snoring over there. <laughs> I just want to point out, and it's, I believe... Your, being...
1: your Zoom suit gag is put us all to sleep. <laughs> it's like the strongest sedative I've ever imagined. They're going to play a recording of that in the hospital <clears throat> when people are going into surgery.
0: I think I'm going to drop you <laughs> into a hidden staircase somewhere, Kevin. I think that's what I'd like to do. Um... So going so, by- now,
1: heres here's something I missed, a little detail I missed. Perhaps okay. you can uh, help me with this.
0: Yeah, happy to help.
1: Somehow, in relation to this property, Carson had some affidavits that were tremendously important. What were those affidavits? Now
0: I believe he said something about like like servants and neighbors who could vouch for the siblings.
1: So the affidavits there. are witness statements that the sisters actually stayed there every day for 20 yes. years. Yes. Okay.
0: Priceless. Some of those servants may be gone. Some of those neighbors may be gone, but their, their words live on in these affidavits.
1: Which I, I presume, certainly since they are legal documents that are irreplaceable, there's probably more than one copy of them.
0: Well, you might be presuming wrong. I don't know how good of a lawyer Mr. Carson Drew is.
1: He has these affidavits in a brief his briefcase, which he oafishly just leaves sitting on his kitchen table as he strolls out, hops in his car, and drives off. Dumbass. Like, like a fool.
0: Seems like something you would do, Kevin. <laughs> la la la, what a great day off to be a lawyer. Oh no, my priceless legal documents. <laughs>
1: soon as he's gone, somebody bursts into the house.
0: And this man did not belong to the, the the fraternity of reporters. He is not one of the gaggle that approached Nancy earlier. Because
1: he behaved rudely to Nancy. And mm-hmm. so Nancy said, wait a minute. You're being rude. Why? You're a villain. You're not a reporter at all. Because reporters are always very courtly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Sir Lancelot from uh, Arthurian Legends. That's me,
0: as you know yes i'm the most i'm a polite little miss see i I could never be like a gaggle type reporter you know what i mean like one of these guys pushing their way into it i mean like i i would be too awkward they'd be like get out of here and i'd be like i'm sorry (laughs) i'd 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 see the effy thing happen and it would like ruin my whole day i'd be like everyone was really mean to that lady and then i'd be like sitting in the car like all sad while the other reporters yucked it up (laughs)
1: So you don't think you've got what it takes to succeed in the hard-nosed world no. of River Heights?
0: No, not in the not in the River Heights media market for sure. I'm not. I'm so that's why you put your
1: tail between your legs and you ran off to New York City I instead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's much easier here. <laughs> here I could uh, I could skate by River Heights. No, you got to be on the top of your game. Um. But yeah the, the this guy is kind of it's kind of creepy and this actually is a holdover from the books in the books there is a home invasion <laughs> where somebody so, so
1: in the book did Nancy make the tactical error she makes here where she tells this strange man that she's home by herself
0: i I think she might I, I I don't remember it it feels I felt like I felt like the book handled it maybe a little bit less like stupidly. Are you home alone? Yeah oh I mean uh yeah I mean like the, this is this is come on Nancy. Also, like this is why I don't open the door to people in general. I don't want I don't want someone coming in and hassling me over some affidavits. What? I didn't say a word.
1: I, I I thought you had like a joke coming. I didn't want to step on it.
0: No, I'm just I'm just scared of some crazy person coming in and yelling at me.
1: Have you had a bad experience?
0: I one time had no, but I one time had a dream where that happened, and it was very scary.
1: Tell us about that dream.
0: No, it was just like a guy pushed in the door and then I woke up. <laughs> I was really scared.
1: You're quite the raconteur. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, fuck you. You're just trying to put me on the spot and make me awkward.
1: So what? how does Nancy get out of this fix?
0: Um, Well, she notices her father's briefcase with the affidavits, uh, or I guess maybe just the file with the affidavits sitting on the couch good place to put your priceless legal documents. So she sits on it. So the guy won't see as he tears apart, uh, everywhere looking for it. And he seems to know that the dad did not bring the briefcase to work that day. So he's clearly been staking out the joint. Um, and, uh, then she has the foresight to hang up the ice wanted sign. And for all of you who did not grow up in the 1930s, um, I guess, you know, people got their ice delivered back then. It wasn't something that you just had in your fridge. Somebody so you, you didn't have a you fridge. You didn't have a fridge. So some guy, some schmuck, had to drive up in a big truck with a giant thing of ice and hand it to you with tongs. And in this movie, that schmuck is none other than Nancy Drew's favorite boyfriend, Ted Nickerson. And he's doing it for a summer job. He's only a teenager, but. I guess they let teens deliver ice back then. Nowadays the teens would be doing this, but then they'd be doing TikToks. They'd be sliding on the on the extra ice that they couldn't sell and it would be it'd be fun. But this is a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Not much fun to be had.
1: <laughs> what does uh I know I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but what does Nancy think about Ted doing this blue collar type of work?
0: You know, she's supportive, she respects the working people. And she knows that, uh, you know, Ted really adds a lot of value not only to his business but to the community by providing. I know, <laughs> seriously. So in reality, Nancy thinks that Ted is a total bum because he's a, the Ice Man. He thinks uh, she she wants him to be a, a bougie flower delivery man. Nancy is an enemy of the working class. She looks down upon them, and um, it's kind of. sad it's kind of shitty i'm gonna say like nancy always kind of felt like an elitist in the books you know what i mean she's a lawyer's daughter she doesn't have to work a day in her goddamn life she's just she's a she's an idle rich person who plays around in these mysteries for fun she's not she's not uh you know with ted he
1: uh if he was a flower delivery man he wouldn't have been able to save the day
0: no he uh when the ice man cometh he uh, slideth a big block of ice over at the uh, burglar guy, and it's enough to distract him. And they run out of there, and and then the the uh, intruder takes off. So uh, Ted's Ted's ice racket ended up coming in handy. It is kind of fun to see like th- that become a big plot point. I mean, it's stupid. Don't get me wrong, but like I kind of enjoyed like that's not a thing anymore at all. So it's kind of just bizarre and kind of fascinating to 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 see this like ice delivery business take uh take sort of a prominent role in the plot of this movie in a sort of unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you're a you're an attorney, right? You're an officer of the court. Yes. Brag about it. Tell us all about it. What do you want to know? No, I, I want to know if this was a let's just say you had a case. You had these special affidavits, priceless materials, perhaps For some reason, you did not copy them. Who knows? If those were lost, how bad would that be?
1: First of all, if I had uh, affidavits pertaining to a particular case, I would, as soon as the affidavit had been completed, I would immediately file it with the court. Mm -hmm. I would not just keep them loose in my briefcase and leave the briefcase lying around on the breakfast table right or whatever
0: for me to stain with my coffee cup
1: immediately file them with the court
0: i feel like i would be a terrible attorney because i think i'd be the person who'd be like they'd be all like crammed in the like footwell of my car (laughs) somehow and and people would just be like it it would be a mess not even the burglar could find them frankly (laughs)
1: And then also, uh, assuming that uh, these affidavits that Carson has, perhaps for some reason he has had a chance to file them with the court, that suggests the affidavits were recently taken, so I would presume that if they were stolen, he could just have the witnesses give them again.
0: Yeah, redo it, redo it. So maybe maybe they're overplaying this affidavit importance in this uh, in this scene, perhaps.
1: I'm confused about the whole affidavit business. So it's basically, just uh, a MacGuffin. We're supposed to believe that the affidavits are the only thing that can protect the property.
0: Have you? Are there any documents where that would be the case? Like these are super important. If they get stolen, we're fucked.
1: I, I mean, if you want to cook up some sort of wild scenario, uh, a rich person who has property might uh, prepare a, a will, leaving that property to one particular person, and maybe he doesn't make a copy of the will, and if that document is lost, then that person won't get the property.
0: Yeah, like I just feel like a lot of like Scooby-Doo things, Nancy Drew things... They make you think that, like, having the deed to the property or having, like, affidavits correctly, like, that's going to be really important. And if, if you lose those, the bad guys are going to get the estate. It's weird that, like, children's television and books aren't a good font of legal advice is what I'm saying.
1: they there a font of great advice in all other areas?
0: So... After all this uh, this alpha debacle, if you may, if I may, uh, Carson returns. As
1: soon as the guy, the the threatening man, shows up, Susie as as leaves. Carson comes back.
0: Are you suggesting that Carson saw his daughter being attacked and just like hid in the bushes or something?
1: It's a little odd. As soon as Carson leaves, the shady man appears. As soon as Carson returns, the shady man is gone. Maybe, what do you make of it? It
0: was Carson in disguise. Ah. Of course. Uh, that's what—that's how he gets his kicks. He goes around and breaks into people's houses disguised as a uh, gruff, rowdy.
1: So at this point, Nancy decides, well, I better go talk with those two old ladies. And, yeah. and for plot contrivance reasons, she wants Ted to drive her because he's going to see these old ladies on his route. Yeah. You know the catch is he's not going to be taking the ice to those uh, two old ladies for like another two hours. But she's so oh, that's okay, Ted. I'll hang out with you for two hours.
0: And this this movie unfortunately uh, continues the uh, the sad thesis that Ted and any young man would not want to be anywhere near around a young lady for any period of time. Which I mean I feel like is pretty unrealistic with a teenage boy. I mean they're they're teenagers. They seem to be about 16 here. I feel like most like like I just don't like the the implication where it's like, "Oh, girls."
1: No. <sighs> it's
0: kind of it's kind of sexist. And it's 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 sad because I thought that these these two had decent chemistry at points in some of the uh, in some of the other films, but the the writing just seems very intent on making it so that Ted does not like Nancy.
1: Now, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm not sure I completely buy it because, be honest, would you want to spend two hours with Nancy Drew as she is portrayed in this picture?
0: Okay, that's a fair point. No.
1: Are you a sexist?
0: No. But let me, at this point, let me just say, at this point she has not done anything. She has not done any of her heinous crimes yet. We don't know what she's capable of at this point. And, And therefore, likely neither does Ted.
1: But Ted has lived next door to her for many years. He knows what she she's. He done. knows what she does when the sun goes down and no one else can see.
0: Ted knows where the bodies are buried. You know, I guess I just feel like they've been building up to this. Like, it, like in some of the movies, I'm thinking of specifically Nancy Drew Reporter. It seems like he gets sucked into her antics and like it's a kind of fun, and they get to have some fun together. In, in this one it really more feels like he's really an unwitting hostage that she's kind of dragging along and there's only so much fun you can have with that because it comes it, it gets to the point like the audience has to wonder okay well if he doesn't care about her and and he's not having a good time are we really having a good time are we just being dragged along too so it's it's a kind of a bad narrative choice in my opinion i think you i think there's a lot to be said for characters who don't agree with everything that the other one does but who like each other you know
1: I agree it's a bad narrative choice but maybe in my mind the bad narrative choice is making Nancy so unlikable Ugh,
0: yeah this one's really unfortunate so Benita Granville had I what I thought was a very fun manic energy uh, that she brought to the character throughout this this uh, four film series and in other films, you know t- to varying degrees in-, in some cases she kind of skirts the line of what's appropriate as a teen sleuth but in this one she steps she just blows past the line basically and um, it's really to the detriment of the character and-, and the writing in this one really makes her out to be kind of a villain frankly and that's not what Nancy Drew should be in your film.
1: I actively disliked her in this picture.
0: It, it was horrible. And it's like, it, 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 to a much greater degree, I think you'd agree, than, than the other films, right?
1: Yeah, the other films, maybe there were moments where she was a little bit uh, annoying. but uh, That was uh, almost annoying in a charming or quirky way. Right. The other films, the Nancy and the other films, I probably would want to hang out with her for two hours.
0: You would or you wouldn't? I would. You would. Yeah, I would too, because we get into some adventures. But this Nancy, you don't want her, you don't want her around for your safety. It's not a matter of, like, annoyance.
1: By the end of this movie, I don't even want to watch another movie with her.
0: Yeah, it really, it was kind of sad. This is the last film in the series, and it really ends on kind of a sour note. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, frankly.
1: We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, I mm, guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it takes them two hours to get to the, uh, mm-hmm. do, you, do you want to talk about the, bizarre i i guess
0: oh ted keeps pie in the overhead compartment of his ice truck and indicates that that is a perk of being an iceman make of that what you will i I don't know iceman culture and i uh it struck me as bizarre of course nancy steals the cake because i'm sorry pie excuse me pie um but
1: my understanding is that even in the 30s, people in a variety of jobs were allowed to eat.
0: <laughs> but what about pie, Kevin? It's specifically <laughs> pie is the dish that is shown. <laughs> Did he steal the pie from somebody's icebox? Is that the implication? I don't know. In which case, that's a dick move of Ted. But of course, the, we're going to be talking about a lot of dick moves coming up. <laughs> um, so they, they, they do the... So two hours yeah. pass. They have mm-hmm. this
1: drive. It's important that you all know a big chunk of time has passed because there's been a startling event.
0: Oh yes. Well first we we get to know that something's afoot because you know our favorite gaggle of reporters is now at the Turnbull house and they are the in
1: Turnbulls are the name of the old mm, ladies.
0: Yeah, they're the old the old birds and uh they are harassing a policeman on duty about what happened. They're asking, "Was it a murder or a suicide? What are you saying, Mack?" and he's like, "Uh get the hell out of here." And so Nancy and Ted are understandably pretty horrified. A murder or suicide at these two old deers' home? I mean, what, what could have happened?
1: I think they're thinking that one of the sisters is dead. Yeah. In, in a bizarre tragedy that I frankly would have preferred. Pfft, <laughs> Jesus. Wouldn't you have loved it if one of the sisters had killed the other?
0: Yeah, I would have loved that. That would have been, That's why I was watching this movie.
1: It would have been better than what we got
0: maybe yeah i i guess i I just want to also say kind of a peculiar choice uh it not only in the books but in none of the other movies was murder well i guess murder is more of a backdrop event in 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 one of the films uh in this series where it you don't it's not a part of the like actual plot but it's more of like a murder happened and now we you know now we're at the trial or whatever but in the books. Nancy doesn't do murder. Nancy, I mean, she doesn't commit murders, but she doesn't, she doesn't really investigate murders. Nancy is your girl when there's a smuggler's ring or someone's taking advantage of your great aunt who lives alone in a big mansion or people are smuggling, you know, stolen art in like fake statues. Like she's like, that's her, that's her bread and butter. That's what she does. That's her wheelhouse. That's what's on her LinkedIn. She is not a murder girl. So it's interesting.
1: And frankly, that's for the best.
0: It is for the best. Because, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, there's sometimes where people legitimately try to kill her. So there's like an element of danger to the books. But it's never like, okay, Homicide River Heights. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much, you know, and like I, I think that's good because like it reminds you, A, that there's mysteries out there that aren't murder. You know, we don't all have to live in Cabot Cove. We don't all have to be you know, a law and order episode, there can be sometimes where bad things happen and justice needs to be served. But uh, there's no, you know, outline of a body on the floor. You know, you just got to you got to come in. You got to figure out how they're smuggling the jewels. You got to figure out, you know, how to stop this swindler, uh, how to, you know, take care of I don't know what what's another one. The, the guy who's sneaking into the the old attic and stealing somebody's copyrighted material. I mean, literal, that is an actual book premise. So there's other stuff going on. And it's like, that's what a teenager would actually probably be dealing with. They probably wouldn't be like, hey, Nancy, somebody blew their brains out. Do you want to come see if uh, the bullet trajectory makes sense? Like, okay, sure. After my class.
1: <laughs> and in this... Uh, movie: The person who has had their brains blown out is the old woman's old women's chauffeur, mm-hmm. and and
0: live-in lover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: Are you? Yes. Is that the movie that was going on in your mind?
0: <laughs> Our chauffeur is dead. Who could have done this? <laughs>
1: So they're not sure, and they're talking with who's that old man? They were talking with their business manager or something.
0: No, no, no. You're thinking. Uh, no, he's their neighbor.
1: So their neighbor is there, Mister Talbot. Mister Talbot. He's,
0: You'll be seeing more of him later.
1: Yes, it's very important that we mention him now because he'll be very important later. Spoiler warning. <laughs> it's <laughs> so always they're, they're great have, when there's only
0: like one other character in the film who could have been who could be the bad guy, and yeah.
1: So they're, they're trying to figure out whether it was murder or suicide. Because if it was suicide, well, that's sad that these things happen. But if it was murder, they'd be so scared. These two ladies would be so scared that they would f- just leave. They'd, they'd bounce. They'd mm-hmm. abandon the property, which would then mean they would lose the rights to give it to Doc Spires. Mm-hmm. So that's what the stakes are. And
0: how will they get the hospital built then?
1: Yes, Exactly.
0: That's their only hope for ki- that for good medical care in this area.
1: So the stakes are pretty high. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, uh, the assistant district attorney and our old friend Sergeant Tweedy are fighting about whether or not it is murder or suicide. And of course, they're studying ballistic reports. Mm-hmm. They're talking to the you know therapists who Emmy. are uh, the ME, the therapist who uh, knows the uh, personal history of the dead man. No, that's not what they're doing.
0: (laughs) What are they really doing, Kevin?
1: Uh, Well, the prosecutor is saying, personally speaking, I can't think of any reason he'd kill himself. So it must be murder. (laughs) And Tweety is just saying, "Uh, I think it's suicide. I think just to be contrary.
0: I got a gut feeling about this one. And um, I want to very much emphasize... Nobody gives a shit that this guy's dead. Nobody gives a fucking shit. This guy can go fuck himself for all these people care, because the 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 sisters who this guy worked for for however many years, they're more worried about like, oh that's terrible, someone died. But like, if it was a suicide, do we really give a shit? Like this man committed suicide in your home, and that's like the that's, that's the, the best good ca- option. That's
1: the best case scenario.
0: Jesus, I mean, like, so callous. And and what,
1: <laughs>
0: woo, what happens next with uh, Nancy and Ted? Uh, really, really. I want
1: you to break this news.
0: Oh my God! I uh... first let me just say how upsetting this was to watch Nancy Drew. I was a I was a child. I was uh, I was I guess six or seven when I started reading the Nancy Drew books. My first one was the uh, Clue of the Dancing Puppet. I was in love with this character. She's so cool. She's such a badass. She always figures shit out. She always stands up for truth and justice and whatever. And um, and like in this one, she's like a fucking corrupt cop, basically. She realizes that the sisters are going to leave the house because they're too freaked out if there's a murderer on the loose. So Nancy and with with Ted colluding with her, fakes a suicide
1: note this really happens
0: this really happens this i'm not riffing i'm not this is not a bit nancy drew (laughs) fakes a suicide note and contrives to uh enter the crime scene she has ted borrow the uh the gun the suicide slash murder weapon from captain tweedy ted does some bullshit where he like basically dismantles The gun also gets his fingerprints all over it, but I guess that's really more of Captain Tweedy's fault for giving (laughs) it to a 16-year-old. And then Nancy uh, drops this this suicide note. The ADA sees it. Captain Tweedy sees it. And they realize that this is a suicide and they stop asking questions. So she basically destroyed this case, because if you did this in real life, they'd never be able to prosecute it.
1: So obstruction of justice, she shielded a murderer with uh, Ted's help.
0: It's it's really horrifying to watch this. And and you got shades of this in other movies in this series where it's like Nancy doesn't really give a shit about the truth. And, and that was upsetting. But to see it done in such a callous and over-the-top manner here, there was actually something really kind of disturbing about it, frankly. Because... At the very least, Nancy Drew in the books has a lot of flaws. Sometimes it seems like she doesn't really give a shit, like if her friends, you know, fall into danger because of her. Or, you know, she seems a little bit too wrapped up in the mystery and uh, is, is neglecting other things. But you don't feel like she's the kind of girl who would slink her way into a murder scene and drop a fake suicide note to get the cops to fuck off so the town can have a nice new hospital in the morning. I mean, it was what the fuck? This was like, this was like some shit you'd think you'd see in like a prestige drama about like crooked cops. This was not what I was expect, expecting in a Nancy Drew movie. Very upset.
1: <laughs> this is like a, from an HBO crime series.
0: Yeah, this is like, yeah, this is like a The
1: Wire, starring Nancy Drew. Yeah, the
0: Nancy Drew. The <laughs> this is the Nancy Drew season of The Wire. <laughs> Nancy goes to Baltimore and things get crazy. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's upsetting. We don't so, like it. So, so
1: right after this, Nancy goes into the room of the dead man and she sees some pictures of him and she recognizes him. Who is this dead chauffeur?
0: This is the, uh, the intruder who accosted Nancy in her own home, not... A few hours ago, right? He's dead now.
1: He's dead.
0: And frankly, from her behavior, I think she killed him.
1: Well, she has a pretty good alibi. She was with uh, Ted in the Iceman's truck.
0: We never see them. I bet if you look in the back of that truck, that ice is all melted. <laughs> I'm having suspicions about Nancy Drew for a murder case in this movie. That's how things. That's how much things have gotten off the rails. Or off the staircase should I say
1: <laughs> So then Nancy uh, sees the shell from the the bullet what? that killed the chauffeur and she wants to measure where it is and the only thing she's in this big fancy house full of all sorts of things but the only thing she can possibly think of to use to measure it is what
0: Ted's belt teenagers just ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Take off your belt, Ted. He's like, uh, there's a dead body there. <laughs> I want him to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it adds to the disturbing element here. And, you know, uh, then then I guess, you know, being being very normal, Nancy asks Ted to uh, meet her in the morning with a gun from World War One that his uncle had. So who knows who else they're going to kill. This is just basically the Starkweather homicides at this point. They're just going to go on a spree. (laughs) Too dark? I don't know. (laughs) I
1: apologize. Yes, it was directed by Terrence Malick.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: So the next morning, uh, Nancy finds uh, a gun on her front porch with a note rolled up. And stuck in a sparrow. I think that happens to you most mornings. I mean, it's- this is
0: America, right? I mean, like people probably do Second that. Amendment, baby. Yeah, that's that's what we, that's what the founders wanted.
1: <laughs> the note is from Ted, and he addresses it to Pest, and he says, "You know, you Pest, I got in trouble for hanging out with you so much yesterday, but here's your goddamn gun."
0: It's really a weird coincidence that that's also what you call me. That's how I'm saved in your phone. I know. <laughs> It's a weird coincidence. Um, uh, but anyways, I, I mean, my initial reaction on seeing that note was that Nancy was going to be able to copy Ted's handwriting and make his death look like a suicide now that she has a gun. She's gotten the taste for blood.
1: And in fact, what happens next kind of supports that thesis because Ted is at work loading ice and his boss calls him over. And says, oh, Ted, you got a customer who requested you. If you get too many of these customers, you're, you're being lame for a promotion.
0: Hot diggity. Thanks, chief.
1: This, Don't this, call me chief. This, this customer wants uh, Ted to go to an isolated spot out in the country with 500 pounds of ice.
0: I'm not going to make any jokes about this because, like, delivery drivers have literally been murdered using the same exact ruse in real life. In real life. This is the shit Nancy is pulling. She is a predator in this movie. It is terrible.
1: Yes. She arranges. She tricks Ted into going out to an isolated spot where she is literally waiting for him with a loaded gun. Uh, And his only weapon is 500 pounds of ice, which he dumps into the backseat of her car after she promises she will pay for it, even though Mm. 500 pounds of ice will set her back three dollars.
0: God help her. She'll never be able to go to college now. Uh, $3
1: in 1939 money is about $56 today. Jesus. So this big money in ice.
0: Yeah, big money. It's a big business. Yeah, after Ted uh, puts Nancy on ice, he uh, is then roped into helping her with her latest uh, sort of forensics fucking up scheme. She wants to do some tests with a gun.
1: Yes, she wants him to take off his belt. Mm-hmm. They fire the gun. They watch what happens to the shells, and then they measure with Ted's belt how far the shells are from where the gun was fired. Some
0: CSI River Heights going on right now, but uh, things uh, you know they they well they they make some interesting discoveries. First of all, do they? You know, they find out that it was definitely a murder that they covered up because the shells all land very close to Ted. And in the case of the murder, the shells were like across the room. So this means that this guy was murdered. This means that these people obstructed justice. They have done something Horrible and heinous, and they don't really give a shit. They're not like, oh no. They're just more like, oh, up.
1: Uh. Well, maybe maybe Nancy says, maybe uh, I'll talk to my dad, see what he thinks.
0: Yeah, casual. What if, if you're if you're like if you had somebody be like Kevin, you know,
1: I might have done a little uh, <laughs> a little casual obstruction of justice, destruction of evidence.
0: What would you tell them to do?
1: <laughs> I would uh, contact the police and sound them out. Oh, really? Yeah, I I would say I have a a client who uh, did some things, (laughs) who may have done some things that he regrets. If he comes forward and admits it, can we
0: work out a deal,
1: work out something so he's not tossed in prison?
0: Jesus. They're just teens. They didn't mean it.
1: Speaking of things, they mistakes they made, when Ted was firing the gun for these tests, he was firing at a wooden sign. And so he goes to look at the sign to see how many times he actually succeeded in hitting it. And what does young Ted discover?
0: Zoinks! It's a game preserve! Oh no!
1: And then a cop comes.
0: And also, Ted's pants fall down. Because <laughs> he's not wearing his belt. Oh, oh, oh. there you go. I think you kind of related to that scene a little bit how so well I, you said you did <laughs> during the movie oh
1: yeah my pants often fall down
0: when you're running from the police I went my pants almost fell off me recently when we were walking Lanny and she it was Lanny Lanny's our pup and our pup started running and uh yeah it was a it was a mess so I, I related to Ted there too to be honest um but basically Nancy just ditches him. Hose ain't loyal. (laughs) She's gone. And he gets arrested.
1: And Captain Tweedy tells him, you've got to learn to respect the law like it was your own mother.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Good advice.
1: And Nancy, meanwhile, goes to see her father and uh, get his opinion.
0: And what's his opinion on her heinous actions?
1: Nancy, how many times have I told you not to corrupt crime scenes to further your own schemes? (laughs) No, that's not what he
0: says. He basically says that. Oh, honey, what do you do? Like, it's like, it's like if you, if you said like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't even know what, what, like, what, he's not horrified. That's all I know. He's not like, uh, At this point,
1: how many times has he seen this before?
0: He's probably seen worse. Nancy's probably, I mean, this Nancy has a hit, the energy of a hit and run driver. This Nancy was speeding. She Hit a person, dragged the body into a ditch, and drove off. That's that's this Nancy. This is not the Nancy Drew we know and love. This is not even the Bonita Granville Nancy Drew we know and love from the other films. This is like a this is a bad Nancy. This is a this is a scary Nancy. I don't care for it. There's there's something else going wrong. And it's maybe not even Nancy's fault. The home of the Turnbull sisters has been breached by an intruder. Oh, wait, what am I talking about?
1: (laughs) There have been a a series of minor thefts at the Turnbill Sisters' home. And, you know, for all Nancy knows, the person who's stealing these little bits and objects could be the person who killed the chauffeur. But she doesn't want them to know that. She doesn't want them to be able to take any reasonable steps to protect themselves because that might mean that... uh, the town will get its hospital, and that's all she cares about.
0: Why does she have such a hard-on for this fucking hospital? It's going to be a 1939 hospital. How good is it going to be? <laughs> I'm asking the real questions here.
1: <laughs> so she tells them, uh, gosh, gosh, you know, obviously this is not a person. This isn't a person who's killed a chauffeur and might kill you while you sleep. You don't have to worry about that. What this is... This is that crow that's been going around town stealing things. Haven't you heard about that crow? Hmm? Haven't you? Caw, caw, I'm innocent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Quoth the Raven, please know
1: more of this movie. The old ladies buy it. Yeah. They buy what Nancy's selling.
0: You know what I thought of? You know that like meme where it's like a crow holding a knife? And then like a bunch of local newspapers wrote, like, knife crow, like... <laughs> Like, has a son. (laughs) That's what I
1: thought. And I'm going to be honest here and admit something maybe I shouldn't admit. But, I mean, you know, the other day we came in and uh, you discovered some Coca-Cola had spilled. And I said, well, Anya, obviously it was a crow. And you believed it. I was lying. It was me.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Wow. I,
1: I always blame the crows. You
0: always blame the crows. I, I was wondering about that. Like that time you like crashed your car and you said, oh, <laughs> must have been a crow that like got behind the wheel and just drove it into a pillar.
1: Although sometimes, because I don't want to be racist, I'll blame a dove.
0: There you go. You're very, you're very egalitarian. Very woke. Very woke. Thank so you. So I
1: related to this scene.
0: Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> This movie.
1: So we learned that there are some people affiliated with a racetrack who are interested in the Turnbill's property. So I guess that's the motive. And meanwhile, then Nancy uh, sees the ice truck and realizes that Ted must be at the Turnbill home. And she goes looking for him and she finds him in the kitchen. And what is he up to?
0: He's flirting with a servant girl
1: with some duck related humor.
0: Yeah, he's telling her duck jokes. Nancy pitches in and just drags him out of there. She's very angry.
1: And can I say that Ted flirting with this mentally healthy, emotionally normal woman, the happiest I've seen him in all four movies.
0: I know. It's kind of upsetting. They did my my girl Nancy dirty with these movies.
1: He seems really relaxed, engaged with her. He seems like a fun guy, completely at ease.
0: It makes me sad because it's like... the I mean, like, Nancy in the books is like this aspirational figure for girls, right? She's got everything. She's got the car. She's got the boy. She's got the uh, the friends. She's got everything. And she solves mysteries. So, you know, it's a pretty flat character, in fairness. And I'm not saying you can't add some kind of quirkiness or zaniness even with, with your movie. Because, frankly, that's, that's going to be more interesting to a wider audience. But... To make her, like undesirable to this guy who's supposed to be your boyfriend, and to make her kind of like, so alienating and and not really have any payoff around that, you know, it's it's a disservice. And frankly, half the times Ted seems like the hero of, of these films, not Nancy, because he's the, usually the one who solves things in the in the eleventh hour. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But it, it, it's, it's kind of sad and upsetting. It's like you know, and like I feel like any girl who saw like loved nancy drew and then saw these movies might be kind of like oh if i act too crazy guys aren't gonna like me so i don't know it's just it, it's a little bit sad i think they could have they could have made her they could have made her fun and kind of silly and and still had a nice relationship with ted or or, or something you know And making them kind of low-key hate each other by the end of things just felt kind of mean-spirited to me
1: are you worried that like a young girl who sees this might hesitate before faking evidence in a criminal action? Because <laughs> that would be the real tragedy.
0: Hire more female corrupt cops. <laughs> well, I mean, I know I,
1: I, 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 I want girls to feel like they can do anything.
0: I want my daughter to feel like she can just fuck up a homicide investigation and and receive no comeuppance for it. That's what I want. Well, well, speaking of lack of accountability.
1: So Nancy says, Ted, I want you to come back here to this old lady's house tonight so we can do something. And he doesn't want to. And he, she says, well, you know, if you don't come back here, I might have to have a talk with your bosses. And who knows what might happen then? Maybe you might get fired.
0: Nancy isn't just like a corrupt cop in this. She's a Karen to boot. She's looking down on the poor. She's looking down on the working class. She's uh, threatening Ted via his employment. It's it's really, it's it's not a good, it's not a good look. And like, listen, when you read the books, maybe you think, yeah, I could see Nancy as a Karen. But like, it's just, it's not a fun, it's not a fun take on the character. And it just, it feels mean-spirited. And in this one, you really, maybe in some of the other ones, you kind of feel like Ted's just a jerk to a certain extent and like. He's kind of like, oh Nancy, get out of here. And it's like, what did she do? But in this one, she's really alienating. She's like being a psycho this whole time. And it's just like, what are we doing, folks? Jeez.
1: So he comes back to the house that night and she's there and she says, Let's sneak into the basement. And he says, You know, I'm a little bit <laughs> I'm a little bit reluctant to go into this basement because what if we wake up the old ladies. What does Nancy reveal at this point?
0: She's drugged the old ladies. This they're, really happened. They're they've been They've been eithered. <laughs> I hope she knows how to like dose correctly. I mean, Jesus, this is like this is like fucking Breaking bad. And at this point when I'm watching this, I'm feeling like Nancy's like a few scenes away from lying in a crawl space, cackling and and, and looking through her magnifying glass. I mean, this is like, oh, this is getting Walter White Heisenberg-esque at this point, in my opinion. It is too much.
1: So they go into the basement and Nancy reveals that she wants Ted to stay there by himself overnight. And he's reluctant to do this. Because
0: let's be clear, a man was murdered in this house.
1: And he is broken into the house without the permission of the owners.
0: Who are lying in a drugged state.
1: They're in a drugged drugged stupor. And if they happen to wake up in the middle of the night and stumble downstairs and see him, they would be well within their rights to shoot him dead.
0: (laughs) Themselves. So how does Nancy get him to stick around when he obviously shouldn't?
1: Uh, she says, well, if you don't do this, I'll have no choice but to tell all your tough guy friends on the football team that you're just afraid.
0: I'll have no choice but to invoke toxic masculinity in order to uh, keep you in line, Ted, and, and act, prevent you from acting in your own best interest.
1: So he agrees. Jesus. At which point Nancy gives him a camera to take a picture of, of whoever he might see. So at this point... Ted starts taking off his clothes. Nancy has gone. (laughs) Ted strips down to his underwear and t-shirt. Kevin
0: was very upset by this scene.
1: And he starts prancing around (laughs) the basements of the old lady's home. They lie drugged upstairs.
0: It's a bad look.
1: (laughs) It's a very bad look. And he's setting up his camera and then he goes to sleep with a smile on his face. What is Nancy doing while this is occurring?
0: Well, Nancy bounced. Uh she she's standing outside, I believe, right? And yeah. and some guy grabs her. Oh, things are gonna get exciting finally. And she starts weeping and saying that please don't take her, please don't kidnap her because her father loves her and he's the best man in the world. That's a normal thing to say to a fucking kidnapper. Like she <laughs> like like, i don't want to take you you're nuts (laughs) um and then of course it's her dad
1: who reveals that nancy had tried to lure him out of town by sending him a, a fake telegram
0: nancy is acting like a serial killer in this in this movie she's luring people, she's manipulating people, she's getting people out of town at key moments, she's drugging people. It's all about control with Nancy in this one. It's really fucking it's a goddamn mess. I mean, I it, we we you and I have read the Nancy Drew books. We like to joke right about okay, she's kind of she's kind of nuts. If you really knew someone like this in real life who was so driven to solve these mysteries, they'd probably be a bit of a nightmare. blah blah blah. But like there's always There's also a lot to like about the character, but this one sort of twists her driven nature into something kind of horrifying, and it doesn't include any of the other positive aspects of her character.
1: Yeah, Ted was right not to want to spend two hours with her in the ice truck.
0: Yeah, because I would be worried that, like, who knows what she could convince you to do? Anything. Yeah, like, this this character is terrifying. God.
1: So her dad drags her home, and now we cut back to the basement of the old lady's home where, again, T- Ted is lying asleep with a smile on his face, looking a little bit creepy. <laughs> what's, he, what's he doing? What's he dreaming about? What's going on through Ted's head at this Old point? ladies in a drug state. <laughs> I don't know. And then what happened?
0: Ted's definitely a masochist because... That would, that would explain the relationship with Nancy at this point.
1: Ted makes some odd decisions, even when Nancy's not around, as we're seeing a few moments.
0: So, suddenly, this turns into The Man from the Train by Bill James. Because, <laughs> suddenly, there is a dark figure looming over Ted in his cot, wielding, I believe, an axe. <laughs> so, we're like, we're- where's this going? And then I'm half thinking that must be Nancy again. She's back and she's going to finish what she started. <laughs> but,
1: um, he writes a note, mm-hmm. leaves it on Ted.
0: Yeah. What a wuss move. God.
1: And then he bounces, but as he walks out the camera, that Ted had rigged snaps. a I
0: don't back. even understand how neither he nor frankly Ted, even though he was asleep, <laughs> didn't notice that. Cause this is like a 1939 camera. So it's like, <gasps> Big flash of light and, like, an explosion. Just, it's like, uh, At cheese. Next, we see Nancy the next
1: morning. And she says, I'm going to order some ice. And Effie says, I don't know why you keep ordering ice. We have plenty. Obviously, it's just because she wants to see Ted. But then we, we pan over to the ice box, which has a comically high pile of huge chunks of ice. So they're just throwing money away, yeah. Because five hundred pounds of ice is like fifty dollars, and there's probably I don't know. There's a bunch of ice. Who gives a fuck?
0: She's on Thin Ice. This movie's on Thin Ice, and Ted is in jail <laughs> because uh, he got busted prowling. Well, that- he was more. He was doing more than prowling.
1: The, the, the captain Tweedy says he's not allowed to walk around dressed like that, and it turns out that I I, I guess the the prowler must have taken Ted's clothes, mm-hmm. so all he had was his underwear, and he couldn't go out like that. So he went through some in the basement. He found some of the old lady's clothes, and so he put on a dress. And then for some reason, not only did he put on a dress to cover himself. He also decided to wear a feathery hat.
0: These movies, okay, I want to be very clear. There are four movies in this series. Three of them have significant plot points involving drag. There's nothing wrong with drag, right, Kevin?
1: Nothing wrong with drag.
0: Do what you want. That's, that's a wonderful if that's how you express yourself. I do not understand what 1930s audiences thought was so fucking funny about drag to the point they were like, more drag, like throw throw it in there like, like that that's something to guffaw at. Like, oh, why would a man want to dress like a lady? It's like, Jesus Christ. So I was wondering if this one was going to have a drag scene. It does. They thought it was funny. They're just very old, stupid humor. <sighs> but anyways... Um, Yeah, and also apparently we find out that dressing in drag is against the law here in River Heights because they literally <laughs> throw him in jail over this. Not because he was prowling in some old lady's house in his underwear, but because he had the audacity to wear a dress and a feathered hat. <sighs> but anyways, Nancy comes in. I guess they bail him out.
1: Boy, this is the pancakes.
0: That's... That line is said at some point. So I don't
1: remember the context as if it matters. Yeah. Is, is there it, any context there where that's no
0: context where that it's
1: the line does not literally refute it, refer to pancakes, it refers to something delightful.
0: Yeah. They say a lot of weird shit in this. I kind of dig 1930s slang, though. It's so weird. So, like, people just saying all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, But Nancy and Ted examine the photograph that was taken of the perp. It's very blurry. They they can barely see anything. But they do notice.
1: In the background, they see what Mm. looks like a hidden door.
0: (gasps) Could it lead to a hidden staircase?
1: Ooh. Only one way to find out. Let's go over the house. Mm Mm-hmm. So they they head back over to the old lady's house just in time (laughs) to see... uh, Captain Tweedy and his squadron of cops pull the old ladies out of the house as they're weeping and crying in terror and fear and horror. It's because Captain Tweedy is arresting them for the murder of the chauffeur for no apparent reason.
0: No apparent re- They've ruled this thing a fucking suicide now. They're saying, nope, it was a murder. Let's go.
1: And if it was a murder, who else was in the house at the time? These old ladies, obviously. They're the guilty party. I mean in
0: fairness, they didn't really react much to the guy's death.
1: They're cold.
0: Yeah, if they went on Nancy Grace, Nancy Grace would be like she'd she'd nail him to the wall and they'd be they'd be in, under an indictment pretty quickly. Cuz they did not seem to care about this fellow. Anyways, plot contrivances occur. Ted ends up somehow like crashing <laughs> through a window.
1: <laughs> Ted crashes through the Nancy wants to use The phone inside the old lady's house, it's locked. She wants to break a window to get in. Ted sensibly says, no, that's breaking and entering. We can't do that. He tries to stop her. Nancy tries to push him out of the way. Ends up accidentally, accidentally, you know, pushing him through the window.
0: I just want to say one thing, one thought exercise for everybody. Think about if Ted was the woman and Nancy was the man in this. We would not be laughing. We would be horrified. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it would be it would be a scary movie because it'd be like my stalker embroiled me in a murder mystery and and, and and had me cover up murder. It's just it's it's not a good it's not good writing. It's just disturbing. And I don't feel like it's a situation where we're looking at an old movie and over picking it apart and, and overly being like, oh, everything's terrible. Like, it's really it's it's jarring to watch because the other movies in this same series with the same actors, same characters Presumably some of the same writers and, and directors, though these those did not have this ominous feel. I, I, am, I, am I right or was that I agree completely. Yeah, this has a very ominous feel to it in a way that the other movies didn't. So I don't really know what was happening with this one, but it's it's nothing good.
1: If this had been the first film in the series, I don't think I would have been interested in watching any others. Would you?
0: No, it it does it does, it does my girl Nancy Dirty. I don't like that. Nancy Drew is a is a cool character, you know? Like he, every every time period is going to do something different with her. Like the 1970s version does something different, the modern day version does something different. That's all great, you know? But like she shouldn't be like chaotic evil. <laughs> you know, like that's that's just not the character. Like you wouldn't have Sherlock Holmes go in or like Perry Mason go in or like any of these kind of classic detective people go in and fake a suicide for really like no reason other than it it, it plays to your own wishes, you know, wishes in that scene. So, you know, it just it's 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 bad. It's not good. It's no good. It, it completely fails to capture anything about what what the character I think could represent in a way. And that is disappointing. Hey, but anyways, they find uh, this. They're looking uh, on the for for the for the door uh, in the basement, and bizarrely, after kind of banging around for a while, they decide to mark all the bricks that they've pushed with paint so they can remember which bricks are not the key to uh, unlocking the secret door. And it's like, wouldn't you just, like, run your hand along it? I mean, that could take, like, seconds.
1: Like, maybe, yeah, a minute or two? Yeah,
0: jeez. Eventually, finally, something happens. What happens? Ted decides to pull on a peg, like a, you know, that you hang your coat on, while Nancy is pushing on the door. And boom. And boom. She's in. She flips down the stairs. And... Actually, this is the only instance in the film where you feel like Ted is legitimately showing some emotional connection to Nancy because he's worried.
1: He's worried she got hurt falling down the stairs.
0: Yeah. So kind of it's weird that this is kind of the only place where that crops up. But basically, they make sure they jam a chair in so they can go in without getting locked in. And uh, then they they start going into this uh, kind of secret tunnel.
1: At one point, there's like some sort of leak from a pipe or something. There's this huge huddle in the middle of this uh, corridor that they're passing through mm-hmm. and when they're walking through this corridor nancy sees a frog and it freaks her out she screams she's terrified it's almost like she saw a chicken
0: chicks ate frogs <laughs> no i like frogs that was just stupid it was like, like eek a mouse kind of moment it was just like come on guys come we Nancy, ugh, Jesus. I'm not trying to be one of those anal book purists, okay? Everyone should do different stuff with the characters. Go nuts. But like don't be insulting, you know? It's just frogs. This woman has been like this woman has been through some shit in the books. You know, like this character deals with all kinds of crazy shit. People have tried to kill her. She's not going to be freaked out by a frog. That's just my hot take. But anyways, um, one thing that's important to note, uh, the hidden staircase, the titular hidden staircase is basically like five steps, like maybe three steps. <laughs> it's like it's like several steps down and then like a big hallway. <laughs> they should have called it the hidden hallway because it's, it's pretty lame. It's, it's like they, she falls down. I mean, it's not even enough to hurt her. When she falls down the staircase, it's that small of a staircase. I just want to be very clear, but we are in the hidden staircase portion of the story, so you know things are getting close. To the
1: We're answer. in the end game.
0: We're in the end game, and um, they have where? Do, where does this uh, mysterious uh, cobwebbed passage lead them to, Kevin?
1: It leads to a fancy office, and when they enter the office, they're curious to see if there's anyone in the vicinity, and so Ted cries out. As anyone would, Iceman. As if that's his street name. That's just what he says whenever he goes anywhere. Here's the Iceman.
0: <laughs> he's trying to be a he's trying to be a vanilla uh, ice cover artist. <laughs> this is his way of promoting himself.
1: No one comes running, so he said, "Well, this must be an empty place." But then mm. Talbot comes. <gasps>
0: And if, in case you zoned out in this whole lengthy spiel, uh, Talbot is the neighbor of the Turnbull sisters. And also, like, the only other character in the film who the murderer could be. So, if you didn't figure that out, then I don't know what to tell you.
1: Talbot pulls a gun. <gasps> and then uh, what happens? And
0: then they run back into the tunnel. Right?
1: Yeah, and then Ted...
0: Ted uh, does one of Kevin's favorite tricks, Uh, and this is a a trick that Ted pulls throughout this series. He does this babbling trick where he just says random, like, he kind of speaks in tongues, and people get confused about what he's saying. It's a laugh riot. Kevin was rolling on the floor, cry laughing when he saw this. He loves it. He looks so sad. (laughs) Uh, but anyways
1: it's probably i, I didn't love it there's probably one of the best parts of the movie because nancy was not actively committing crimes during that scene
0: mm-hmm. there you go there's a, there's a there's a net positive and even though like what he was saying didn't make any sense you know at least his action sort of did yeah i like you know throughout most of the film
1: it's not like most of the other script made sense
0: Exactly. So, anyways, there's a lengthy chase slash kind of slog through this uh, increasingly wet tunnel in which everyone is getting just doused with raw sewage. What you can only assume is raw sewage seeping through the walls here.
1: Human waste from everyone in River Heights.
0: Excrement. Urine. Captain Tweety's shit. It's all over the place. This is what... This is, a, this is the central, this is the, there's a metaphor in here that I'm not able to string together, but yeah, this is a metaphor. Tad is film.
1: being drenched with the urine of Carson Drew.
0: <laughs> Nancy takes off her shoe at one point and don, uh, uh, you know, basically bonks the guy in the head with it. And um, it looks like he dies. I'm pretty sure that man was dead but by the way he looked. Anyway, they knock the adversary out, and uh, now the only problem is they're trapped in the tunnel. Who could have thought this would happen?
1: So Ted says, well, obviously what we should do, there's a pipe here that has water or sewage or something going through it. Why don't we burst it open and just flood the place?
0: Don't lie to yourself. It's raw sewage. (laughs) Don't lie. Don't, Don't try to make this nice. Let's be
1: real. He says, we'll we're, we're, we're burst this pipe and we are point it up at the ceiling and see if the raw sewage, if the power of it will burst a hole through the ceiling and save us all.
0: Hydraulic engineering, baby. Give it a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> I don't think they usually use, like, shit water.
1: No, I don't think they do. In,
0: you know, when they, what is it, sluicing, sluicing, sluicing? I don't know words, you know, when you, like, cut things with water, basically. and um,
1: So it doesn't work.
0: Oh, and meanwhile, this is a totally unforced error, I want to add, because, like, they're stuck in there, but, like, there's people, presumably, in, I mean, well, people will likely come back at some point, right? Yeah, sure. They won't be in time to get the Turnbull sisters back into the house so they can keep the property, but they they're not going to die in there but ted decides to ted's decision to cut into a sewage pipe ends up flooding the goddamn place so he this this is they brought this on themselves they're going to drown in shit because they can't just fucking wait two seconds to get let out of this thing (laughs) jesus and I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't think Talbot's gonna wake up. This man does not look alive anymore, in my opinion.
1: As the sewage rises, it gets close to overwhelming Talbot. So That's a great scene.
0: Nancy starts. To, Ted's like, "How does Talbot look?" And she look. Like, oh, he's fine. Ah! like <laughs> he's about to drown. <laughs> That was, like, the one relatable Nancy scene in this, like, where you instinctively say something's fine and then immediately realize it's not. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and so they hang him up by his coat. As you do when you're trying to prevent your enemy from drowning in raw shit while you try to blast through the fucking ceiling.
1: Meanwhile, the water, the sewage continues to rise and Ted and Nancy are in danger of drowning in their own excrement.
0: It's like a medieval fucking torture thing. We, we, we did not expect this movie to end in such dire straits. But then again, it feels also inevitable once you get there. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, you know, Carson Drew is looking for his daughter, Captain Tweety looking for something to do so they send some cop named smitty or something (laughs) because of course to the turnbull property to to look around see see what the situation is and he realizes something's up so they call in all this backup tweeties they're giving orders uh, they're all marching around trying to figure out what's going on. There seems to be, like, noises coming from within the property, but they're not sure how to handle it. So what what happens to Captain Tweedy, marches out, standing standing straight up, blowing on his whistle in the middle of the yard. What happens to him?
1: He suddenly, <laughs> he, like a sinkhole opens up in the ground. That's because
0: that's where Ted has been blasting.
1: Yes. It turns, yeah, so he, the hole, the ground... Opens up and swallows Captain Tweety. <laughs> he falls into this shithole <laughs> where Ted and Nancy and uh, Talbot are. And he's not too pleased about it. Well, he, he can't
0: he, swim.
1: He can't swim. Can you
0: imagine you're standing there one minute? The next minute you're drowning in shit. God damn it. And, and then, of course... The laconic the Smitty comes in with the captain's drowning.
1: <laughs> so they pull him out. They pull Nancy out. They pull uh, the corpse of Talbot out. <laughs> Ted's the last one pulled out.
0: They almost forget Ted, to be clear.
1: And they explain to uh, Captain Tweedy, you know, actually, the chauffeur did not commit suicide and the old ladies didn't kill him. Actually, he was killed by Talbot. And Captain Tweety says, oh, wait a minute. If he was murdered, what about that suicide note? And Nancy says, oh, well, that's easily explained. Ted wrote it. So what happens then? To- Ted
0: gets his hauled to jail, and it literally ends with Nancy yelling at her dad, Ted's in jail again!
1: That's the end of the picture.
0: And, ugh, this, this series really just squandered any potential it had with this one. It's, it's pretty sad. I, I want to go back to something we were talking about, Kevin. Can you, can you speak to the promotional stunt that went into this film? And then I'm going to ask you a question about it. But can you also make sure you speak into the goddamn microphone instead of, like, fucking, like, being, like, over on the bed? Come over here. Move your chair closer. God damn it! No, 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 so, no. What?
1: Well, so to pro- so to promote the film, uh, Warner Brothers uh, decided to start up a Nancy Drew fan club. Which uh, had his own set of rules. Uh, the rules were pretty out there. They said, for instance, that uh, girls who want to be in the Nancy Drew fan club had to take some sort of part in choosing their own clothes. They were also encouraged to have a steady boyfriend, but only in the sense that he was a pal. <laughs> Jeez.
0: You're so my what... pal, Kevin. <laughs> and I do choose my own clothes. So I'm in.
1: <laughs> there you go. I wonder
0: what the other rules were. I guess my question was, you know, that's kind of the ha- strange thing that Warner Brothers did in order to promote this film. But it kind of speaks to the, the idea that, you know, Nancy in some ways in the books is sort of a figure to be emulated. She's the girl you want to be, basically, because she's got everything. She's got freedom. She's got smarts, beauty, a nice fella to go out with. uh, car beautiful clothes you know friends wherever she goes and i think she's an aspirational figure for girls you know reading the fiction but what do you think this movie and maybe this series but maybe specifically
1: this horrible movie What well, do you want me i don't mean to interrupt yeah, you, yeah. But I, I looked up the other rules
0: oh hit me up i want to know
1: let's see how many of these rules you follow you, know, you, talk about you must have a steady boyfriend in the sense of a pal.
0: Check. I mean, well, I mean, I don't want to offend you. Are we pals? <laughs> <laughs> what are we? <laughs> I think. I think that. I think I qualify for that. We well, love each other, but we're also best friends.
1: Well, this well, next, what are you
0: saying? We're not.
1: <laughs> take part in choosing your own clothes. Rule number three. Yes. I think this is one where maybe. Because of me, maybe I fucked it up for you. Oh, my God. No smoking, drinking, or petting.
0: I think we need to take a break, Kevin, so I can be in the Nancy (laughs) Drew fan club.
1: Pay your share on dates with boys who are your own age.
0: You're not my age. (laughs) Got out of that one.
1: Take part in plans for your own career. I I just had my annual review today, so I just did that. Must have at least one hobby.
0: Oh, pfft. I got that covered.
1: Must participate in at least one extracurricular school activity.
0: I was the fucking queen of extracurricular activities. Excuse me. I was insane. People did not know how I functioned in college, and frankly, I don't either. I'm not in school anymore, though, so.
1: Well, then must be a high school student.
0: Oh what the fuck <laughs> You left that one to the end? God so so damn it.
1: let's get back to your question.
0: I can't be in the Nancy Drew fan club. I would have there was a time where I would have qualified if I was in high school I would have qualified for everything except having a steady pal boyfriend. Probably would have like lied and made somebody up. <laughs> yeah, that's my boyfriend. You can call him and then I'd like run outside and go to a payphone and be like oh. Andy. Which sounds
1: like something uh, Nancy would do.
0: In this movie, yeah. Hey, so what do you think is the takeaway that young girls are getting, you know, from this iteration of Miss Drew? If she's an aspirational figure in the books and, you know, throughout her existence, what are people aspiring to or not aspiring to in these films?
1: If you want to try to put a positive spin on it, Nancy in this movie early on latches onto a rather laudable goal. She wants her town to have a hospital and she is willing to do anything to make that happen and won't let anything stand in her way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the positives of this series, and I'm going to kind of speak about the series as a whole since this is the last one of the four that we watched and also the conclusion um, of all of them. I, I feel like, I liked Benita Granville's portrayal for the most part, and I feel like you know she kind of captures a quirky zaniness and I think it's kind of a sign that like you don't have to be like the calm, respectable girl to be right you know like you can be kind of a little bit a little bit wacky, a little bit running around and and that's okay. you could still be really smart, really talented, and still right you don't have to like fit into a box necessarily um. And I like the energy and the sort of confidence she brings to the role. So that is a positive, I think. The, the book's Nancy's very polished. She would never be running around un, in an undignified manner, you know. But this Nancy is not afraid to be a little bit kind of like out of the box. People might doubt her. People may not take her seriously, but that doesn't mean she is to be underestimated.
1: Is the Nancy in these movies intelligent? Yes. Not as intelligent as the one of the books.
0: No. And unfortunately, I think her intelligence in this, in many cases, is like many instances in the series. Her intelligence sort of reads as manipulativeness because she's basically trying to get other people to do stuff for her. And that's unfortunate because I feel like in the book she's much more independent. She's more of a self-starter.
1: She doesn't seem intelligent in these movies to me.
0: Well, I mean, maybe that's just a bias against excitable young, you know. She
1: seems manipulative.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's a problem and I think unfortunately like that kind of plays into a stereotype about women like oh, they're going to, you know, wrap some guy around their little finger and have him do everything for her. So it's like a take on the character that kind of strips away some of the intelligence and replaces it with more of like, you know, something that's more toxic. And I thought that was a shame.
1: She doesn't seem to think things through. Uh, yeah,
0: I what I maybe was most disappointed by with with this, in, in, you know, and it's really less the portrayal and more of the. Writing. This, this Nancy does not really seem to care a lot for integrity. And that seems like kind of a pretty important part of the character. You know, like, if she's going to be solving a mystery, she's not an anti-hero. She's not, like, a dark and gritty character. She's She cares about doing the right thing, helping people, seeking truth. And when you kind of take that away from her, it, it's like, I don't know, something's lost. And it, it, it seems less, it, the whole thing seems less aspirational. And I thought they got that element of it right in some of the movies. And they kind of missed it, whiffed it a bit in others. And in this one, they just completely messed the whole thing up in regards to the integrity element. And, you know, that seems kind of... I think Nancy, Nancy stories are at their best or, you know, Nancy Drew is at her best when she's helping people who who really need help, whether it's, you know, some elderly sisters who are getting scammed or somebody who, you know, is trying to find out the truth about, you know, I I, I don't know, like she's like when she's helping the vulnerable. I think those are the best Nancy Drew stories. And I think maybe like one of these movies kind of got that right. And then the other ones all kind of like had it, had to be more of like an academic thing or like being right, basically. And I, that doesn't really feel like a Nancy Drew story to me. And that's too bad because I don't know. It's kind of for the sake of a few kind of cheap laughs, they kind of took away a lot of what made Nancy Drew Nancy Drew.
1: What did you think about the decision to make these movies? Uh comedies or at least have comedic elements
0: I thought one of them was I thought one of the movies had some really funny moments like truly funny like I actually laughed out loud and that was Nancy Drew reporter that That, had some great comedic timing in it
1: that was your favorite of these
0: that was my favorite of these Uh, that had some great comedic timing I thought that was fun I think all the other ones weren't that funny frankly I don't, I don't know what exactly, I think in that one they were just allowed to be, it just maybe struck me as the right kind of wacky and it, and it seemed like it had a more relaxed feel to it. I don't really know how to explain, but like the humor had a more relaxed feel. Some of the other ones just seem like they're like throwing everything at the camera to see what will, what will make people laugh and just doesn't hold up that well anymore. But that one was legitimately funny. I don't think you need to make them comedies because the books certainly are not comedies. I don't necessarily hate it if you can make it actually funny, but when you're batting 1 for 4, you know, maybe maybe that wasn't a great choice. What what did what did you think about that the comedy element?
1: Uh, I think largely it was a mistake. I think the comedic the choice to make them comedies, led to decisions such as the character of uh, Captain Tweedy, who is a cliched, stock, absurd figure. And I think the world that Nancy lives in becomes less interesting and less believable and less emotionally engaging when it has characters like that in it.
0: And she has to, she has to basically act as a punchline because it's just like, it becomes the Nancy Drew is annoying show instead of like, let's solve a mystery with this girl. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like she has to be annoying in order for it to be funny to audiences. And she's got to really like put Ted off and steal his money and steal his pie. And isn't she so annoying? Ha ha ha. Like that's the punchline.
1: Yeah. So it I think it was a bad choice.
0: I also think, you know, it's got a lot of stuff where, like, Ted has to, like, save the day so, so often, and it's kind of like, ugh, God. You know, it's just kind of, he feels like the main character sometimes.
1: And Ted's uh, little comedic uh, gibberish routine.
0: You loved that.
1: Got old very quickly. You
0: loved that. I hear you talking gibberish in your sleep now. You're trying to emulate it.
1: I know it drives you wild.
0: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was probably like not even the top ten things I didn't like here. I'm if I'm being honest. That was like a, if I if that had if the whole if they had doubled down on that, frankly, and everything else had been better, I would have been fine.
1: <laughs> the top ten things you didn't like probably be like the racism, the mm-hmm. misogyny, those mm-hmm. kids in uh was that were that with the kids in a reporter?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Nancy in this picture.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think maybe the more I think about it, maybe making them comedies was a mistake because it kind of really stripped things down to a, you know, they could have been funny and not inter- entirely comedies. So,
1: yeah, uh, making them comedies led to the kids and reporter and uh, Apollo and troubleshooters. Uh, oh, Jeez,
0: listen to our episodes on on those two movies if you want to hear more about those heinous. Enus additions one's very very racist and the other was just annoying our gang ripoffs <laughs> but anyways i will say this about this series and then i'll speak specifically about this movie i think the series is worth checking out if you're a nancy drew fan otherwise probably you probably don't need to you probably won't get that much out of it but if you enjoy nancy drew Um, and you're curious to see what a take on the character looks like that's coming pretty much on the heels of the publication of the books, then check it out. They're on YouTube. You might get something out of it. You might enjoy it. Um, Be braced for the kind of bad stuff that you might come to expect in in 1930s films that are not very well made. Um, But I think there's enough that's fun or interesting here that will kind of give you a... uh, you know give, give you something to uh to enjoy and i guess maybe that goes for even people who are interested in in older films as well uh even if you're not necessarily a, a drew stan part of the drew hive <laughs> i don't know what nancy drew fans are called
1: i think the negatives of these movies outweigh the positives i think the racism was very troubling uh the sexism those kids uh nancy's mini crimes in this movie stick to the books
0: i would yeah the, the books are definitely better but i tend to i tend to look for the little pearls within all the muck rather than discarding the whole thing so i think kevin and i just you and i tend to have a, a disagreement in terms of like what's right. worth looking at as well um but as for this mess, this specific movie, Nancy drew in the hidden staircase, the um, 1939 version um, to the, to the uh, regarding that, I will say this. The movie may take a few occasional steps in the right direction, but overall, most of its charms remain completely hidden beneath all its horrible, bad, draining attempts at zaniness.
1: Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
1: And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery me podcast at gmail.com.
0: We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out 2 as T-O.
1: Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening.
0: listening.